Welcome to the S-Files, sponsored by Serve Wisconsin, Wisconsin's National and Community Service Board. I'm your host, Kyle Flower, Communications and Government Affairs Officer for Serve Wisconsin. S-Files is your look into the impacts and stories of AmeriCorps members and volunteers serving throughout the state of Wisconsin. Each episode, we'll be digging into their service stories, or S-Files, to learn about the people and programs whose service is meeting critical needs across Wisconsin and enriching the lives of the people and communities they serve. In this episode, we'll be talking to some folks from WISCOR to explore service stories about the great work being done with conservation and environmental education here in Wisconsin. Today, we're in the Merritt Park Center in La Crosse, and we're talking with Matt Brandner, who's the Executive Director of WISCOR, which is one of our AmeriCorps programs. So Matt, how are you doing today? I'm good, Kyle. How are you? Thanks for having me. Doing great, and so happy to be here and to be back here after two years. Yeah, two years of uh, COVID. Yeah, so it's a much nicer experience to get to be back around some of our miracle programs and see I loved my first visit here and to get to come back here and see Wiscore in action. Yeah, I'm glad you're here, Kyle. So, Matt, can you first tell everybody a little bit about what the AmeriCorps members do at WISCOR and what WISCOR's mission is? Yeah, so the WISCOR mission is to develop leadership, self-confidence, and a strong work ethic in youth and young adults through the active stewardship of Wisconsin's communities and natural resources. That is a mouthful, but what that means in short is that we take young adults uh, ages 18 to 25 and connect them to conservation opportunities, service opportunities throughout Wisconsin, ways that they can go and, and make our environment better, make conservation resources is better all throughout the state. It's about connecting the young adults to that wonderful conservation work. And so right now we're here at the Merritt Park Center where some of your members serve. So what are the members that are that are based here for throughout their service too? Yes, yeah, so we really have two sides of service that you can do with WISCOR. The first is the conservation crew program where the young adults can go out and build hiking trails and plant trees, build bridges, build brand new hiking trails, those types of things. And really the second service opportunity is right here at the Merritt Park Center in La Crosse, where they can be an environmental educator. So they actually take and give nature education programs to uh, little kids, anywhere from three years old up through high school. And they teach them about you know habitats and adaptations, about frogs and snakes and forest ecosystems and marshes and all that really cool stuff that helps those little kids connect to nature so that they want to be the next generation of environmental stewards, such as than our AmeriCorps members are. That's awesome. And I know that one of the cool parts is just your location. For those that have never been here, you guys are out on a marsh, and then there's the, the demonstration garden. That's yeah, a beautiful place. So, you know, it, it's something that you know I try not to take for granted every day. But when folks come here who are new, you know, that's one of the first things they're taken by is, you know, we're on a, a large a marsh ecosystem right out our front door. We've got the demonstration garden. We have a demonstration prairie. We are a 15-minute walk from a thousand acres of forest land here with Hickson Forest and all the associated conserved lands. And we're in the middle of the city, right next to the university, on top of it. So we've got this really wonderful area uh, to be able to serve in and uh, and protect, you know, where we live. And so one thing I love about your program and about this issue is that how it can transform stuff not just here in the city, but it can transform stuff the state and how many people you'll have coming back and back and back. And so. Just tell us a little bit about like some of the impacts you've seen from the member serving. Yeah, so the neat thing about WestCore is that you can make a hands-on difference, right? You can take a shovel, you can put it in the ground, and you can plant a tree. And that's a very tangible thing that you've just done. And so our members, you know, and going around the state doing these projects, it's, it's so neat to be able to go. You know, I was down in Kenosha earlier this summer visiting a crew that just built a brand new trail within the city of Kenosha that'll be enjoyed by that community now forever, hopefully, right? You build something like this, you hope that the community will be able to enjoy that forevermore. Um, 
you know, we're up in northern Wisconsin building a fishing pier, you know, an accessible fishing pier. And so to have somebody who uses a wheelchair to be able to access that fishing opportunity because of the service that the AmeriCorps members did, that's a cool thing. And, and every year I get to see, you know, what these members do, the service they do, and more importantly, the lasting impact of that service and how it affects the communities where we go and serve. What are some of the other ways I know you've tried to make both service more accessible and make nature more accessible for folks? Yeah, I mean, you know, at Westcore, one of the things that we've we've done for a while and we're really going through the journey on right now is, is how do we become a more, you know, just and equitable organization, more inclusive organization with what we're doing. And, you know, there's a whole lot that we're doing with that right now. But one of the things that we've done in the past and continue to do are, you know, being able to make the core experience accessible for young adults that, that may have a disability, you know, somebody who uses a wheelchair or somebody who is blind or, or, or deaf. And what we've been able to do is run our inclusive crew program. And, you know, part of that, it's, it's really cool. We're able to take the core experience and make it accessible. And uh, we've got some different equipment that we do with that. We have, a, and you've seen it, Kyle, out in our storage, we have the, an action track chair, which is a really cool uh, picture, a, a wheelchair, but instead of the wheels, it has tracks like a, um, you know, like a caterpillar or a bulldozer or something like that, you know, the, the, the tracks. And what that allows the user to do is, is access places that you wouldn't be able to access with a a, a regular wheelchair. It allows a, a member to be on one of our crews and go build a trail, go plant a tree. Um, it's a standing version, so the, the user can actually uh, be able to stand up with the assistance of the chair and, and reach high things, paint in high places, or, or put a board up on a, on a railing of a, of a bridge, those types of things. It makes it really accessible. Uh, we've also done uh, ASL-focused crews where um, we focus uh, American Sign Language as the primary language on the crew. And, and that's really opened up a, a whole new world for, for us, you know, also to be able to work with, you know, uh, members of the deaf community to go out and do these types of projects. And I've been learning ASL and I'm still not very good at it. My signing is not very good yet, but uh, I've been learning that. And it's just, it's opened up this really vibrant, more inclusive environment. And it's, it's just been a wonderful thing for Westcore. That's wonderful. And then I'm sure if you mentioned this a second ago, the uh, with the, the visitors to the nature centers, when the, the youth that come through, if you also able to do some pieces on there as well. Yeah, absolutely. Same idea with being able to, you know, really have the Monarch Park Center and our vision for it is to be a destination for inclusive environmental education. Again, having that action track chair really opens up you know, who maybe traditionally has gotten left behind in these kind of programs. You know, somebody who uses a wheelchair, well, okay, you can't go out onto this trail. Well, that's not fair, right? That's not fair that if I use a wheelchair, I can't go and join my classmates for, you know, this cool program that's going on. And so by having the action track chair and, and having a, a supporter of ours so generously support the purchase of that, you know, we're able to, to have everybody be able to participate in that program, you know, because again, that chair can go anywhere that you can walk. And we've tested that, you know, many times too uh, on it. It's been a wonderful experience for both sides of the, the organization. And I know one of the other newer pieces that's happened over the last couple of years is, and on top of doing the conservation crews, you've had some crews out doing some disaster recovery work. Yep. So you can tell us a little bit about the disaster work they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's been a, a target of ours for the last few years is to be able to expand our capacity to do disaster work. And, and starting, I believe it was 2019, we worked with Sarah Wisconsin and Team Rubicon to help the communities in northern Wisconsin that were affected by the derecho that happened in 2019. And, you know, our crews are out doing some chainsaw work, cleanup work with Team Rubicon and the Serve Wisconsin members from other 
uh, agencies, which was really great to have that really, you know, co-agency cooperation between Westcourt and these other agencies. And, um, you know, that helped us really launch then into 2020 when the pandemic hit to be able to pivot some of our disaster response work to actually go and serve immediate needs in the community, you know, delivering meals, uh, filling unmet volunteer needs, uh, you know, where some of the other volunteers from agencies that were maybe in that vulnerable population, we were able to kind of go in and, and replace and, and help out uh, with some of those unmet volunteer needs in the community. And then, you know, at the same time, uh, you know, 2018, we had a large flood that hit the uh, the Coon Valley area, the, the southeast, southwest, excuse me, Wisconsin area. And, you know, two years after that flood happened, there's a lot of recovery work that still needs to be done, but most of the boots have left the ground at that point. But we were able to go back and help finish some of that work in those hit communities, Coon Valley, Lafarge, um, those areas, Ontario, that were hit by those um flooding in 2018. So we just aim to really be growing that capacity and continue that kind of disaster work over the next few years. And you talked about how COVID impacted the program, that mm-hmm. with any type of program, COVID can have a huge impact. You have, especially with the on the education side, you're going to have a huge impact with not having field trips and stuff going. How did you all manage and kind of transform your service on that direction? Yeah, I mean, for us, it was, you know, like everybody else, there was a, there was a panic because this was happening. You didn't really know, again, what was happening with the community and with, uh, with the progress of the pandemic. And then that pivoted to, you know, what are we going to do with our agency? How are we going to, to keep going and, and keep members serving and, and meaningful work and, and that sort of a thing? And so what we ended up doing was we sat back and said, okay, we can't do school programs anymore. You know, our environmental education program, the schools are in session, uh, there's no field trips, you know, the field trip season's done, you know, all those sort of different things. Um, and what we ended up doing toward the end of the year, we figured out, we said, wow, there's virtual academy going on, but the kids really need some sort of in-person contact. And, you know, we talk about mental health, we talk about the, the challenges around the, that the pandemic has caused. And so we formed what we called our nature school day camp, and that was designed to be a very small cohort of little kids who came to the Mark Park Center uh, weekly, every day, week after week, uh, and we supported the virtual academy with a half day of in-person learning in a safe environment. Uh, everybody wearing masks, social distancing, spending as much time as possible outside, and we're able to go through that, you know, September through October, which really became a, a, a dark time during the pandemic. We're able to actually keep AmeriCorps members who are teaching these uh, kids and running these programs serving, and we actually actually had developed something at that point that we plan out to continue, that'll continue to support uh, a smaller virtual academy in our community, as well as the 4K program, where these uh, youth who are in 4K, four-year-olds, they only go for half a day of school, but we're providing an option for parents to have their child come to the Mario Park Center, have high-quality environmental education program with their service members, and um, just gain that extra um, vibrancy in their day and connect to nature. That's wonderful. I'm able to build upon what was at once just the immediate reaction, how do we deal with this pandemic? But now it's like, oh, how can we take what we did there to then serve other needs of the community that weren't really being served? That's exactly right. And, and you know, we don't like to talk about silver linings or those types of things when it was such a dark time of this pandemic, but we do look at it and say, you know, here's something that was positive that we were able to do during this dark time. And this has a positivity that can carry on beyond um, 2020. And, and hopefully once we're able to crawl out of the pandemic here, uh, hopefully soon, we'll be able to continue these programs and, and, and carry that with us as a positive thing. And so where do you see the direction of where Wiscord and Super Numerical members and programs are going to head in the next 
year or two, especially once the pandemic ends? Yeah, so we have, you know, really in the midst of the pandemic, we were developing our three-year strategic plans and organization. And part of that included a vision to really start growing each side of the organization. Like I said earlier, we have the conservation core, conservation crew side of the organization. We have the environmental education side here at the Mark Park Center. Well, our goal for the next uh, four years is to really grow that program so that we can have on the conservation core side, a district office presence in all four corners of the state where we're really building relationships in local communities and increasing uh, the amount of pro the projects we're able to do, communities we're able to positively impact, and number of AmeriCorps members that are able to serve in these types of roles. And so that's one side of it. The other side is we're really working on growing this Park Center program, you know, building on these nature school day camps, building on school programs, looking at other models for doing environmental education. Uh, one that we're very interested in right now is the wonderful things they're doing in Milwaukee with the Urban Ecology Center. And we're looking at that and saying, well, how can we bring something like that to lacrosse? You know, that'd be kind of cool. And, and so looking to really grow that side of it. And the third area for AmeriCorps members and service opportunities is we want to be able to bridge the crew experience, you know, go out on a crew, build hiking trails, plant trees, do hands-on work. We want to have a bridge between that and a professional career in a conservation agency. So we're developing and piloting our individual placement program. We're able to take an AmeriCorps member and place them within another conservation agency, a land trust, a uh, parks department, a uh, land stewardship uh, program at a, at a uh, property. You know, there's a couple local properties that do that around here, land conservation, the stewardship, and they serve their term of service with that agency in almost a, a professional type role. And so then hopefully that can lead them to a career in conservation. And so we're really trying to bridge the gap as an organization all the way from that three-year-old who's, who's looking at that frog for the first time at one of our nature programs all the way to the you know 20-something or 30-something-year-old uh, adult who's coming and doing a term of service with us in a professional conservation agency and taking that next step to that job. That's fantastic. We've that entire bridge from beginning to the end. And speaking of kind of a bridge and connections of things went from one to the other, I know one of the fun facts is that you've served previously in AmeriCorps in multiple capacities. So can you tell us a little about that service and how that brought you here to Wiscor? I have. That's, that's, that's true. So many years ago now, uh, we're talking back in 2005, I did my first term of service with AmeriCorps with the Conservation Corps. It was out in the Vermont Youth Conservation Corps over on the East Coast. And that was a, a short term of service as a crew leader, much as our crew leaders here at WISCOR do. And I followed that up with a, uh, a state program uh, with the Vermont Conservation Housing Board in Vermont, where I did a, a term of service with the Nature Center. So, you know, here at WISCOR, we've got the Nature Center, we've got the conservation side. That was, that mirrored my term of service. And so I did the year uh, in that program, loved uh, the program. And then I rounded that out as a, uh, a VISTA member. I actually back with the Conservation Corps in Vermont, uh, where I developed some programs that made the Conservation Corps experience accessible to youth with a disability. And um, in this case, very specifically, youth who were uh, blind or had low vision, varying degrees of, uh, of vision. And we made the core experience accessible with those youth in a very inclusive, uh, wonderful program. And yeah, so that, you know, I loved national service. You know, not only being able to go out and do the service at your site, but to come together for national days of service with your peers from all over the state and, and do these really cool projects. You know, it just, it sticks with you when you do that type of service. And so I'm so glad that we're able to kind of come full circle, like you said, bridge you know, from my past experience as an AmeriCorps member to what we're doing here at WISCOR and being able to provide those service opportunities for a whole new generation uh, of young people. It's very exciting. It's wonderful. I'm so glad you're 
you're here, and I know what a difference it's made for all the American members here that have this experience. And so, so I thank you so much for talking with us today. Yeah, thanks, Cal. Really appreciate being here and talking so, with you. They love it. They love being here in the in, in nature and getting to be right out on the Mars, right out on and see everything going forward. And just good luck with the upcoming program here and all the expansions. Yeah, thanks, Cal. I think we need to get you in on a critter program before you leave here today. So. That sounds excellent. <laughs> Next, I sat down with two AmeriCorps members from WISCORE, Ashley and Shannon, to discuss their AmeriCorps experience at WISCORE. So how are y'all doing today? Good. Good. Thanks for having us. Well, thank you so much for serving. And so first off, why don't you just tell us a little bit about your service, what you've been doing with WISCORE and how long you've been there. So Shannon, you start off. Yeah, so this is my second 1,700-hour term with WISCORE. Uh, both terms, I've been an environmental educator for WISCORE. Yeah, hey. So this is going to actually be my fourth term, <laughs> and this will be my second 1,700-hour AmeriCorps naturalist term teaching environmental education with WISCORE. Um, and previously, I've done some conservation work with WISCORE. So Ashley, you talked about doing some of the previous conservation work. Was that being on one of the roving crews, or was that one of the uh, different projects? Yeah, my very first experience with AmeriCorps in general was on a WISCORE roving crew as a member. So we traveled actually first to my hometown, which was pretty crazy. And then right after that, um, that consecutive summer, I served as a mayor's crew leader uh, working in the lacrosse community. Nice. And so right now, since you're both doing work with, on the education side right now, can you tell us a little about what's that look like? So one of our big programs that we do is called Nature School Day Camp. And that runs from September to May, and it's for three to six-year-olds, and every week there's a different topic. Um, so next week, we're starting off with major movements where uh, kiddos are going to learn all about how animals move, whether they hop, they slither, they swim, whatever. Um, and then we also have like other camps about wild about water, about animal adaptations. Uh, we just have a wide plethora of fun topics about that. And that allows kids to just get outdoors um, and learn about nature and just have fun. Um, and we originally had it for when a lot of kids were in a virtual school. So it was used as a, uh, a support, um, as like a enriching activity for those kiddos. And we brought it back this year um, because it was such a hit last year. So we, we have that. That's the majority of the programs that we do. And we also do um, school field trips as well. So the lacrosse schools um, come to the lacrosse river marsh, which is where my park is located. And we teach them about the marsh, about the forest here, and how to be um, stewards of their environments. Uh, we have um, family programs uh, that are free. So like Nature Saturday, that's for families to just come out and have fun and do some crafts um, and other uh, activities like scavenger hunts together. We have Critter Kids Nature's Critter Kids Nature Playgroup for families and little ones. So like one to two to three year olds are able to come to that one. And it's really geared towards just being with your um, your younger kids, I guess. And yeah, and then we also have summer day camps as well during the summer, which is pretty similar to nature school day camps where we have different topics um, that relate to nature and kids just get, get to have fun while also learning about our environment. Yeah, we also actually have some more programs that are very critter-centric. 
So we have crew to mobiles where we either travel to schools, um, groups travel to us, or we travel to community centers. Um, so it's for our range of folks. And that is just featuring all the animals that we have here, like um, an endangered turtle in Wisconsin and some native snakes. And then we also have frogs and then fish. Uh, and then we also have a reptile roundup program, which is for right here in the building on Wednesday mornings. And that also is a free event for anybody that would like to come. So that's pretty exciting things. And then this year, too, we're bringing back no school day camp. So it's just one day, and it's going to be when the La Crosse area district doesn't have any school. It's kind of supplement that for families that maybe don't know what to do with their students. That's wonderful. And so it's a vast array of different activities and different age groups coming through here for educational opportunities. And with the Marsh, I know one of the big pieces, can you tell people just a little bit about some of the different activities you can do with the folks here? Because I know you can do it at the Marsh, there's the garden, there's pioneer pieces, there's some of the animal pieces. So what are some of the different activities we'll do with them when they come in? Yeah, so it depends sort of on what program that folks are wanting, but it can be a range of just going on a nature walk and seeing what we can see. Or we have bags with different animal parts in it, like a beaver tail and beaver skeletons. So we'll walk out to the beaver lodge and we'll look at those pieces out there to kind of give people a tangible experience as well instead of a, vi a visual one. So we also have the demonstration garden actually and that's a really awesome resource for the community as well as uh, whoever comes into our programs because the demonstration garden it shows um, pretty much how you can you know grow food at home. Uh, it has like raised garden beds, it has accessible raised garden beds and there's just you know it shows like yeah you can really grow anything you want in like a any, any sort of way <laughs> like so last year we we were able to rent snowshoes um to people um and we also a lot of people like to go uh like skiing not skiing uh ice skating on the marsh so it's really cool to see like people when it's you know safe to go on the ice they do that <laughs> and so it's a pretty that's awesome to think about because it is really a center that you people can experience nature in all those different seasons and all different pieces and come in here and hit that and experience it and the young people can come in and the families will come in as well and so one thing i was thinking about that both of you started serving on the educational component side and then actually you started serving a little before that after COVID had already started spreading correct and so what was that like coming into the program when it's a very different model than what it would normally have been for all the Americans that came previously pre-pandemic. I think it definitely started out a little more difficult because everything that was already in place was something that was not accessible to us anymore. So it was a lot of autonomy at the beginning of, well, what do we want to do and how can we implement this? And then really working with the community and the schools in the area to see what they wanted from us as well and how we could supplement them. And that was sort of where Nature School Day Camp was born out of. Um, yeah, so it was a lot of new, trying new things. Yeah, definitely trying new things and seeing what worked and didn't work. And I mean, there was definitely like uncertainty at the beginning. We really had a, a good turnout for Nature School Day Camp, uh, summer day camps. Like we really figured out what what worked, um, you know, how to advertise, how to even just like, you know, how how to get kids to, I mean, they're, they're good at wearing their masks, but, you know, making that more fun. And like, we have our social distancing as a young child is, is hard, but, you know, we have eagle arms or wingspans. We always had to check our wingspans. So just kind of trying to communicate 
those sort of like guidelines for the kids to follow was definitely a new experience. Um, and I mean, it, it worked out good. Like we just kind of adapted um, and it turned out pretty nice. Yeah, the entire, the entire staff of Whistler really got behind it too. They helped us figure out like how to use the building and what works best for them too, because we didn't have the building open for the public. So it was a really interesting way to see how everybody came together to kind of help figure out how this was going to look even in the beginning. And I think another thing too is like it really showed the importance of communication because Myrick, the Myrick Park Center is um, a place that you can you know rent for weddings and birthday parties and things like that. But we also were using it for our nature school day camp. So we would have one, one group in one room and then one group in the other room. So it was really important that we were communicating with other people to say like, hey, when are you going to be using this room? When is it going to be cleaned up by? So um, that really, you know, the importance of communication really kind of uh, was, was a key. And then you've hit on a bunch of great stories about some different experiences you've had. What might be one or two like highlight stories from your service? So any best story I ever have is really just sitting with the kids and learning from them as well and kind of hearing what they pick up. So snack time, oddly enough, is a wonderful time for this because they start talking about what we've learned that day or maybe earlier in the week or maybe weeks before if they're returning to us. Um, and kids are so funny. The things that they remember and the things they can tell you and retell you. Specifically, I guess we've, we've had some campers that come through and we are big on jokes here during snack time as well. So just hearing the nature relevant jokes that they come up with in the moment, it's impressive. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with Ashley. Like it's so fun to just talk to to kids and see what they what they've absorbed and what they've learned and really just what their experiences are as kids even just like coming from you know home or from school what they've learned and what they can bring to our camps is really interesting and I really another thing too like it's hard to kind of pick out a specific um, you know special moment but I, overall what I really enjoyed seeing is just like children being able to create relationships with each other. We start off the week with all these kids that might not know each other. They might, you know, may maybe go to daycare together, but they don't know each other. But by the end of the week, like, they're best friends, and they're, like, their moms are scheduling play dates and everything, and it's just so wonderful to see that, that like, human connection just be fostered through our camps. Um, so I think that's a really um, special moment from, you know, working here. Another thing, too, that I just really love always seeing is just, like, whenever children or even adults get that, you know, like that spark from, from making a connection, especially like in nature. So maybe they learn something um, in our introduction about, well, herons, great blue herons live in the marsh. So we just talked about that and we're going for a walk and then they see a great blue heron and they're like, oh my gosh, we just talked about that. I mean, just that pure excitement and joy is like something that I absolutely love from this position. I absolutely agree with that. And just having them experience new things in general. Oh, yeah. Like, we ran a survival week. It was just like, how to survive in winter. And one of them was foraging. So finding food that you can eat when you're out in nature. And we had this group of kids, and they're like, what are we going to eat? It's winter. So just having them kind of really think about that. And Eastern line pine needles actually can be made into tea 
And we have some here in the Myrick Park Center. So we went out and harvested some to do this during the camp. And the kids were all so skeptical. They're like, that, are you drink that? I was like, yeah. So you kind of have to show them, you know, like, yeah, look, like I'm going to eat this right now and I made it into a tea and we're going to make it into a tea together. Um, and then having them go home and come back the next day and go, we tried it. It was really good or it was horrible. I can't believe you had us do that. But either way, it was really just fun introducing them to totally new concepts they've never even thought of before, too. That's incredible. And it's like, so how was the tea? How did it taste? <laughs> I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I have not tried it, but I want to this year. <laughs> I've heard it's earthy. Earthy. Citrusy. Citrusy. Ooh. Yeah. So different notes. On, different tea notes. <laughs> yeah. So one question we're going to we'll love to ask people is why they decided to serve with the Miracle Why they decided to serve with the program they're serving? So... What brought you to Whiskart, brought you to serving as an AmeriCorps member? So for me, I actually went to school for environmental education. I went to um, the University of Wisconsin-Stevens Point. And so when I graduated in May 2020, we moved down here to La Crosse because uh, my partner and I, my partner loves this area and I've never been here, but I love, I love mountains. So this is kind of like our own little mountain range in Wisconsin. So it was a beautiful place. So we moved here and I was looking for uh, any sort of environmental education position. And I had known about AmeriCorps um, while in college because at first I wanted to do a farm to table or farm to school program. Um, but then I realized that they have, um, you know, different locations. I thought it was every single school, but it's different, like select schools, it seems. So when I saw that WISCOR was um, hiring an AmeriCorps naturalist, I was like, oh, that seems something up my alley. And so I interviewed, I got the job, and I've been here ever since. And then Ashley, how about you? Yeah, my story uh, is very different than that. I had just graduated from uh, University of Wisconsin-La Crosse uh, with a degree in biology and archaeology and a minor in environmental studies. And going from that, um, if you couldn't tell from that array, yeah, I didn't really know what I wanted. <laughs> so I got a job for a while working um, in an office, and I just wasn't loving that. And then I had a friend going through this program that was like, just apply, you would love it. So I did it and was on that roving crew for a while, and that really changed my life honestly I really loved the people I worked with I loved what I was doing like getting out in in the communities and making a real difference um, and talking to people about it too was amazing and I wanted to come back for that in a different capacity because I started to settle down in the cross area I, I have a cat and I wanted to take care of my cat you know so I wanted to stay in the area be able to go home every night and still have that connection to community that I felt in my first experience so I came back worked with the Marist crew also amazing but in that career working with high school students in the area and from that I really garnered that I'd like to help learn and teach about things that other people are interested in as well as connected to the environment. Um, so environmental education, you know, bit right up that alley for me. And then I stayed. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. And so just a quick thought that, so when you were doing the conservation crew, do you remember any of the projects that you were doing or some of the places you went throughout the state? Yeah, so our very first project, like I mentioned earlier, was in my hometown, Maryland, Wisconsin, and that was Council Grounds State Park. 
and we built trails out there, which our current crews are actually on. So from 2019 to now 2021, we're going back and doing maintenance now, which is really awesome. We work in Sheboygan on three different projects, um, all of them relating to a Mesa species removal largely. We worked in Stevens Point and we replaced um, some planking on bridges on the Breen Circle Trail, which is a really highly used bike trail. And then we also worked in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, doing invasive species removal. Nice. Yeah, so that was my first experience in the lacrosse community. A lot of food forests and food gardens and working with um, homeowners in the area to do projects they couldn't get done. And then working in the bluffs and working in the marsh, so things like that. Wonderful. And then, so one question I suppose is after, so I know both of you have this connection to the environmental education world to conservation. So do you know any ideas about what next steps might be after your AmeriCorps service? Right now, I am working on creating a resource for people who are blind and visually impaired um, to get connected with the outdoors, to receive accessible environmental education. And part of my you know, little resource that I'm creating is going to include a podcast in the near future. So I'm that's what I am, you know, seeing as perhaps my next step. But I really want to do any sort of, I guess, job that relates to environmental education or even garden education. I've really been enjoying just doing garden education. So either, you know, in the environments or in the garden or even on the farm. I really am enjoying just teaching and creating that relationship with nature, with the land, with our food, um, to people of all ages, abilities, backgrounds. That's wonderful. Uh, I am really interested in the science of conservation, specifically water-based. So uh, being next to the marsh here doesn't hurt. But as far as next steps go, I'm thinking about going back to school for a master's degree, uh, probably in limnology, which is just the study of freshwater and um, doing some sort of programmatic work after that. So going to working for a reserve and teaching about, you know, water health and water uh, ecosystems and dynamics and things like that. So still being connected in with the groups of people in the community and schools, but having a little bit more of maybe a science basis. That's excellent. So that's wonderful. Thank you both so much for your service and for the multi-years of service. <laughs> Is there anything you're looking forward to, particularly this year, and I'm trying to start to do? Last year was actually the first year that we started Nature School Day Camps. So that means that we pretty much created the whole curriculum from September to, to May. There were, there were a few programs or a few like uh, topics that were already kind of created for us, but for the most part, we did a lot of the curriculum development. So I think what I'm looking forward to the most is just like revisiting those, um, those topics, those days, those lessons, and just like doing it again. Like, just to feel nostalgic and see what worked, what didn't work, maybe try some new things. Um, I'm looking forward to that because we had some really good, really good um, topics, <laughs> I'd say. Yeah. Fun. I totally agree with you. That's what I was doing, actually, when I got here today, Kyle. I was going through all of our old things and getting them ready to go. Um, and it was really fun to see sort of what those activities were. But other than that, I'm actually really looking forward to getting more into the schools this year again. We already have some really awesome field trips lined up, and that's really exciting. That's wonderful. So I'm glad. I hope everything will work out, and we get those field trips going, and things will start getting back to normal. And just thank you both so much for your service with AmeriCorps with WISCOR.
And it's the difference you've made here locally and then throughout the area. So thank you all for being with us today. Thank you for having us. This was fun. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to the S-Files podcast produced by Serve Wisconsin. I'm your host, Kyle Clower. Your producer is Serve Wisconsin intern, Anna Daniker. And as always, a big thank you to everyone that serves here in Wisconsin. Remember, the S in S-File stands for service, and you are the reason we have so many great stories to highlight. Tune in next time for another page pulled from the S-Files.